How can you compete in a super competitive niche? How do you keep your viewers coming back again and again, even when there's so many videos to choose from in that niche? Today's guest has worked that out and is going to share with us how she does it so that we can do it too. All that and more coming up in this episode of the Influencer Green Room right now. Welcome to the Influencer Green Room, where influencers get real about audience growth, brand deals, and the business of being an influencer. It all happens right here inside the Influencer Green Room. And welcome to another episode of the Influencer Green Room. My name is Benji Travis. I've been a YouTuber making a living on social media for the last 10 plus years, co-authored the best-selling book, YouTube Secrets, and now an influencer coach on my channel, Video Influencers. We have an amazing creator, influencer, more importantly, a friend, and a couple things I have to mention about you, Laura. Four million plus subscribers on YouTube. And I know like on your channels, like 3.8 plus your other channels, but easily 4 million people know who you are. 1600 plus videos, almost all of them are recipes and 600 million plus views to date. If there is a recipe you want to cook, most likely you've got a video for that on your channel. You are literally the standard when it comes to <laughs> ranking recipes on this platform, especially the Italian ones. You are the queen of cooking on YouTube, <laughs> dare I say it. And I know this is embarrassing, but it is so true. You're the original OG when it comes to recipe videos. I'm so excited to get into this conversation. Laura. Thank you so much for your time. And um, how are you doing? Thanks for having me. I am doing okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. One of the things I love about you, you are such a humble person. In fact, you see it in your cooking videos. Um, when you're teaching people recipes, you really do think about the viewer. I think that's where we want to start, right? is the fact that you're you're willing to uh, simplify some of your recipes so that everybody can cook it. Would that be accurate? And is that like a, a way you think about your recipes when it comes to YouTube? I think that's very accurate. When I create my content, I think about what the average busy mom or dad, you know, looks for when they're looking for inspiration for cooking, right? So I think it's really important. I try to keep my recipes fairly easy to follow. I try to keep them, uh, I try to give lots of tips and tricks on what you could substitute because the worst thing is when someone tells me, oh, I was trying to make this dish. I didn't have tomato puree. I only had diced tomatoes, you know. And I'm like, you know, tomato products, the tomato products, like you're fine. Don't make an extra trip to the grocery store just because you need a specific, you know, a specific thing. Try to make it work for you. I always hope that what people take away from my videos the most is the nudge and the push to get into the kitchen. Because at the end of the day, that's really all that matters to me. I don't even care if you make my recipes. Yeah. I really don't. I just care that it sort of like gives you the, that, you know, that, that, that encouragement that you want to get into the kitchen. And even if it's just to make a piece of toast, like it has gotten you in there and that's good enough for me. I want people to always take something away when they watch me, whether it's take away a recipe, take away an idea, just inspiration, or perhaps maybe you just need that 10 minutes to like zone out and I can make you do that. Then that's good enough for me. Um, I just care that you find me relatable because I think I think of my viewers when I create my content. 
for sure. And I love that we started there because, of course, I'm also a fan of your cooking videos. When I'm looking up recipes, oftentimes, number one, you show up on uh, certs, right? Um, and then secondly, you just have amazing tutorials. Like, it's easy to follow along. I love the way you and Joe kind of record things and put it out. Um, but let's go ahead and take it back a little bit. We talked about how you're always thinking about the end viewer. And I feel like that's probably always been the same but what was your initial inspiration for even starting uh, Laura in the Kitchen? And what's been the journey like? Because one thing I want to unpack is you've been doing this for about a decade now, and I'm sure a lot of things change. Mm -hmm. When you think about that beginning, what was that like? You know, I, I didn't know that I even wanted to do this because I had never been on camera before. I never cooked on camera before. I just knew I liked cooking and I knew I liked cooking my way. Uh, but most importantly, I was really sick and tired of having to call back all of my girlfriends every day to give them recipe <laughs> ideas for dinner because I had a job and a life for myself. And, um, you know, it kind of got to the point where people would call me and they would say, Hey, um, I want to make so-and-so, and I know you made this for me. How do you do it? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, just look it up. On, like, look some, somebody up. And they're like, I can't. There's, those ingredients are fancy, and I don't know what they're talking about. And, you know, their shows are too fancy for me. And I was like, there has to be someone else, with the exception of Rachel Wright, that can yeah. make really simple, easy home food that people aren't intimidated to cook. And there really wasn't. There really wasn't. And at the time... YouTube was sort of like very new in terms of how to do videos. It was still like, yeah, you know, a giant percentage was uh, skateboard videos, cat videos. And at the time, beauty videos were sort of starting to trickle in. And so I, I was like, I'm not doing food like this is not it's not a platform for me. It's a platform for like really viral things. And that is not what I want to do. So I wanted to have a website. But in order to stream the the, the recipe the videos to the website you had to use youtube so it was a yeah. whole thing and so ultimately we ended up on youtube and you know the response pretty much from the very beginning was a, a, a very positive one and it was all comments like oh she's using a regular ingredients she's using this that i can find in my local grocery store and i remember my very first video which was like how to make bruschetta or something yeah, yeah this is what it was and I, and I watched the only other how-to video for that recipe. And the guy was saying, you have to use this specific bread that you can find in Rome. Well, right then and there, <laughs> the comment section was like, well, how am I going to make that? You know, do I have to get bread shipped from Rome? You don't need bread shipped from Rome. You just need really good bread and get the best you can get your hands on and just do it, you know? So from that point forward, I just really, my whole goal was, Food is not complicated. I'm not here to teach you how to be a five-star chef. It is not my expertise. You know, I'm not trained. My goal is to get you in the kitchen, is to make sure, you know, to, just to sort of like take the intimidation out of it and replace it with encouragement and excitement for what you can do in the kitchen. And yeah. that's sort of always been, it's always been the same goal. You saw a need and you filled it right? And so many yes. creators, that's how they get their start. But they, people like overthink starting a YouTube channel. They think they have to be this magical person with all this, these skills and this, this equipment. Yet for you, it was just very simple. Your friends kept asking you for something. 
YouTube was kind of a utility and the same need that yeah. they had, other people had, and you just, you just went for it. I did. You know, it was a combination of a lot of things. I, you know, I had gone through a very rough time. I missed, you know, the restaurants and working in the restaurants. Um, I, so that's why I was cooking a lot at home and cooking a lot for my friends and my family. And that's sort of how that whole thing got started. But, you know, I wanted to write a cookbook and Joe was like, well, there's nobody to sell it to. So that's sort of where the idea for the YouTube blog thing came about. And then the idea for the content really stemmed from what I saw that was lacking, right? But ultimately, Joe and I, neither one of us had any, and I mean any, um, I mean, we've, I've never even been on camera before. Like, it's just <laughs> the weirdest thing. We, we, we had no part of any of this, but we had nothing to lose, you know? And so we just bought this camera we hoped it would work it did the camera was cheap but it was fine enough and then as we sort of grew a little bit you know maybe about that six months we upgraded to an actual mic that you could hear me clearly yeah. and and the you know we've sort of like improved from there yeah i love that you brought up that the camera obviously now I, I mean i literally just got uh, finished watching a food network level quality food recipe live <laughs> stream right on your channel um, but it's interesting one of the ways I was going to introduce you is you were uploading to YouTube before there was like 4k 1080p even when you go back to some of those old mm -hmm. videos I don't think there was even an option yet to make it HD I mean that's how far back you go when it comes to this space mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about that because you know by the way I'm like hosting a clubhouse room which is this new app where people can just be chatting and it's all food creators and i bet you nine out of ten of the people that are going to be in this room were inspired by you and your videos because now the scene is completely different there's cooking channels for every type of cuisine every kind of niche there's mm -hmm. channel can you believe it laura there's channels where you just watch people eat Right, that the easiest which is, thing. Which so blows my mind. <laughs> tell me what your thoughts are when you look back at the last ten years. Um, what was different back then, and what is like working right now, and everything in between. So I think you know I I've always said that I am here to show you how to make something from beginning to end. I really have no interest in viral videos. I have no in. I I don't even. I don't even check how many views my videos get because yeah. I really don't care. I know, I know that sounds really so silly, yeah. but the, the the aim of the game for me is not most viewed, most this. It really isn't. Um, but I have really no interest in yeah. in eating, eating on camera or any <laughs> of that. I will. I do think. I do think that we are at a point in time now where there's a lot happening on the space. There's different creators for different cuisines. There's, you know, and I think that's, and I actually, I think it's wonderful. And that's one of the benefits I think of YouTube um, is just that there's this variety pack of awesomeness and whatever you're in the mood for, there's probably something there for you. I think it's easier now to get into the space and grow quickly than it was 10 years ago. Totally. I think 10 years ago, things were very different. When I started, I didn't have any analytics. I don't know what people were searching for. I didn't know who was watching. I didn't know how old my audience was. I don't know what they were watching from. So having to create the 
content was sort of like, yeah, I think people will like this, <laughs> you know, um, I would read the comments, but now you have so many tools at your disposal that make your life a little easier. It's kind of wonderful. So if you want to start up a channel, it's a lot easier now than it was 10 years ago. I think perhaps maybe 10 years ago, the, I want to say maybe five years ago, I think maybe the space was a little bit more serious. And what I mean by that is I, people say it to me all the time, you do food and you became popular. I'm going to do it too. Oh yeah. yeah I'm yeah, like, well, do you, sure. do you love, do you love, do you love to cook? And they're like, yeah. nah. and I'm like, but that's, that's where you're wrong. That's where you're going about it all wrong. Like whatever it is that you love to do is what you should yes. be doing rather than it's working for you. I'm going to do it too. You've been around for so long on YouTube and of course, just social media in general. If you were to start a YouTube channel today, right, or anything online, um, what would you do differently now um, than you did in the very beginning? And what are like kind of like the best practices you would apply to just continue sharing your passion for food and cooking, specifically, you know, dishes at home? I wouldn't. I wouldn't change. A th I wouldn't change a thing. I would yeah. do it exactly the same way, and I'm going to tell you why. Because I. I feel very confident that I went about it the right way. If I wanted to, you know, we're talking 2012, 2013, I could have done nothing but dessert videos that were getting a million views oh, a piece. Yeah. And, you know, and here I am, I make a cupcake with a vanilla cream cheese, something icing, and it gets a million views. I'll do 30 of them for all I care. But I didn't yeah. because my goal was never to just get a bunch of views. My yeah. goal was to create my goal was to create a career or that I could grow, grow with, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I wanted to become a best-selling author and I did that. I wanted to be on television to teach, you know, to cook with a whole different demographic. And I did that. So I did all of the things that I set out to do and I did them in my time. And I felt like I did them with dignity and I yeah. never sold my soul to the devil. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I could give myself advice from back then, or if I could just maybe do anything different, I think it would be to just have a little bit more confidence in being myself and not mm. being held back by myself. So I feel like my, my personality has always sort of shown through and has always shined here and there. But I feel like I was so nervous for so many years to be picked apart or to be compared yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. that I, I would, I would really, I used to be very, very careful in what I said and how I acted and whatnot. But now it's like people have known me for so long. They know my intentions are good. Yeah. Um, they know, you know, I have, I have a short fuse. I am such an, <laughs> a loud and proud Italian. And I think there's, there's a place in the world for that. Do you know for what I mean? Sure. And I, and I would want to tell myself from back then to not be so critical of myself. Yeah. No, it's, that's uh, pretty much it. It's a challenge that so many people have, uh, no matter if you're just starting today or you've been on the platform for 10 years is letting yourself be your true hundred percent authentic self. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm mm -hmm. curious what were kind of the moments or were, what were the breakthrough breakthroughs mentally, or just in your uh, life experiences that help you become more transparent, be more authentic. Um, that's different than maybe 10 years ago where you're a little bit more stage, a little more careful because you were worried about what people think. 
I think it just kind of came with time and it really came with age as well. When I started this, I had just turned 23 and I'm you know, going to be 35 this year. I'm 34 now. And it just kind of came with age and it kind of got to the point where if people don't know my intentions by now, like it's, it, it's, it is what it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I, I, I feel like my, uh, personality and my heart does come through. And I think it's very obvious that I'm a very genuine person. Um, I don't talk about charities I give to, I don't talk about people I've helped during COVID because I don't have to, yeah. but I hope that people know that, that if there's a need around me, I'm going to be there to help that, whatever that need is. So I kind of felt like, you know what? forget it. If I want to be funny, because I think something is is funny, but yet it's dry humor, like I'm going to do it. You know yeah. what I mean? So, um, but it's actually come with a lot of really good feedback, you know, mm-hmm. um, I tend to be a lot more myself and open and make jokes on Instagram because I feel like my audience there just like gets me. Um, and it's, it's felt really good. Totally. <laughs> it's felt, you know, I have, I have boundaries. I don't let people talk about parenting, how I should parent my child. I don't really show me out a whole lot anyway. Uh, but I just sort of like shut those things down when they come because I've learned that I should. Someone said to me once, you should be protective of your feelings because they need to be protected because your feelings are going to control every mm. single act from that point forward. Yeah. And I thought that that was a really brilliant, t- a, a really brilliant thing. So I protect my feelings. You know, I have boundaries that I don't want people to cross. And if you cross them, then sucks for you. (laughs) For sure. No, this is amazing. You know, one thing that I've definitely noticed over the years of following you, of course, not only are we friends, but I follow you on YouTube, on social media, is you've, you've allowed yourself to also be transparent with the struggles of life. That is one thing I've noticed, especially on Instagram. Like if you need to take a break, you take a break, right? And you, you mm-hmm. sometimes share like, hey, I'm not having a good day. How important has that been for you, not only for your own mental health, but again, for you to sustain this career on YouTube and be relevant for 10 years? You know, I, I think about that a lot. And people always tell me like, why don't you take some time off? And I, I always look at it as I look at YouTube as no different than any other job. Yeah. So I can't go to my, I, I see creators and, and I and I'm, I really don't mean any disrespect and I won't name names, but like, don't take two months off. And I'm like, yeah. well, my boss would fire me if I took two months off. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, ultimately the way I look at it is if there's two of us in the same position, and I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to take two months off. Well, obviously the other person right. is going to get that raise or that recognition. So, you know, taking that much time off is never, it's, it's just, it's not, yeah. it's never going to happen yeah. because I very much know and understand that YouTube and what I do is a privilege. It's not, it's not luck because luck doesn't yeah. exist. Luck is just being at the right place at the right time. And the right place was hustling at the right time was 24 seven. As you know, it's there, there is no luck. It's like, you know, people, I, I look at Judy, right? And people could say, oh, she's so lucky. But Judy was editing in the delivery room <laughs> oh, yeah. when she was having children. <laughs> yes. Like, it, it, that's not that's not luck. That's called no. right place, right time. You know what I mean? She was putting in her work. She was hustling. She's doing what she has to do. Um, and I feel the same way. Like, when I was pregnant with Mia, I knew I wanted to take some time off. 
but not take time off. You know what yeah, I mean? So sure. I pre-recorded, I pre-recorded for 16 weeks so that I could have those 16 weeks with my baby and not be interrupted. Um, but I think it's really important to be very honest with your audience. I, I'm a very emotional person and I'm going to be honest with you. This pandemic has kicked my, yeah. you know what, in many ways, you know, I have a family in Italy who's entering in mm. their third official lockdown. Wow. They're turning into, they're basically turning in the key is the way they're saying it. Um, and they're being, you know, back in full quarantine, household by household yeah. from Sunday to Tuesday after Easter. Yeah. So I worry about them 24 seven because things are tough there, you know, it, and I worry about my grandma, I worry about my cousins, I worry about, you know, my aunts, my uncles, and, but I worry about different things. And, and perhaps that's why I, it, it's getting to me so much. I worry about my, my uh, uncle's restaurants that, you know, will they survive? Yeah, yeah. If they go through another quarantine, I worry about their health, I worry about my cousin's school. And, you know, it's just been really, it's been really tough. It's been really tough. I love my job. But YouTube is, you know, being a YouTuber in New Jersey is very lonely. I don't yeah. have any peers around me. So I do a lot of other things. I speak on panels. I work with Google a lot. I, you know, co-host yeah. different shows, things that people don't we've, see. We've met up but that's in, how... in Manhattan before and had like uh, we have there because we're, we always have business yes. down, down in New York City. Exactly. So that's sort of the only way I get to see my peers and connect. And I haven't had any of that in a year yeah. so mentally there are days where i struggle and i think it's really important to say to your audience hey you're not alone i understand that you're working from home having to homeschool your kids not knowing when this is going to end it's rough i am with you we've got to understand that it's going to get better yeah. but ultimately you should if you feel that way you should feel those feelings and log off oh, yeah. because what's worse is feeling that way, logging on to social media and yeah. seeing people on vacation. Yeah. And then you're like, am I crazy? And then you literally, I literally start to say to myself, am I crazy? And Joe's like, no, you're not crazy. But I'm like, I feel crazy. And so that's why I tell people like, get off of social media when you feel that way, because chances are you're gonna feel worse. Yeah. You're gonna feel worse. So I try to like turn to things that I know will make me feel better, which is usually just going in the kitchen yeah. or, you know, I'll call, I'll call one of my family members, but, you know, I think it's, it, it's been uh, a challenging year for all of yeah. us. And I think it's time that we start being honest about it. You've been doing this for a very long time. And I know that you would never say you have it all figured out, but I, I believe based on this conversation, you've got a lot more figured out now than you did back mm -hmm. in the beginning days. And even though you would apply the same, I'd say, method right now um, that you did back then, which is probably why you're such a superstar, why you have this best-selling book. You you have been on TV, right? Um, that's why Google works with you. And then ultimately, this is why you have such a crazy fan base of people, including myself, that love your cooking videos. What would you say to somebody just starting out maybe even specifically when it comes to food what is your advice for them if they're starting out today whether that's on the content creation side or the mental health side 
I think ultimately the most important thing that you can do for yourself is to really understand what your passion is. Your passion could be baking. My sister loves to bake. She's cooks because she has to, but she loves to bake. I think you have to really make it very clear what your passion is um, and highlight that. Because when you highlight that, then you instantly just shine because you're talking about and doing something that you love. I know it's very easy to compare ourselves. I know it's very easy to say, oh, I'm going to do that thing because it's working so well for that person, but it may not work for you. So I always say, think of, I, I, Joe and I do a thing called think of future you and anything that I do, I think of future Laura, is it going to benefit future Laura? And I'm going to give you one example in 2012, I was approached by a brand with a very lucrative deal that if I took would have paid me really, really well, yeah. but it probably would have killed my YouTube channel. Yeah. So I didn't take it. Yeah. I didn't take it because that was not the goal. The goal was to grow authentically. The goal was to do all of the things I had dreamed of doing. And I knew that if I took this deal, I wouldn't have gotten there. So, you know, one of the things I do a lot with Google is I speak on panels uh, to creators who are starting their journey. And I tell people the most important ingredients is authenticity to do what it is that you're passionate about. And it could be the weirdest thing. Like my sister is super into anime, like in a weird way, like in an <laughs> obsession, like makes costumes types of uh, type of thing, but she's so good at it. It's ridiculous. Um, and I, you know, whatever it is that you want to do, you have to make sure you're doing it with a hundred percent authenticity and no apology. The second thing is, is consistency. Okay. Sometimes what people don't realize is why things are working so well for one creator is because that one creator is doing it all the time. That one creator is pushing out content because they don't want to lose that spot on the list of subscriptions when they go out every day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So Consistency is very, very important because ultimately the difference between these short 60 second videos you're seeing on TikTok and YouTube is a relationship with the creator. You don't really get a relationship with the creator on those 60 second videos. However, YouTube, that relationship with that creator is worth more than any view, any viral thing. So really taking the amount of time to you know, create your content and posting on a consistent basis is probably going to be the best thing that you can do for yourself. And then the third thing that I would say is to not overthink it. I think, again, we start to say, well, I don't have the best lighting. I don't have the best. This. And you don't have to, as long as they can hear you and see you clearly, you are fine. And within time, you will learn and you will improve. But if you just start with content that you're super passionate about and you do it consistently, and you're doing it with such assertive, like, you know, authenticity to it, there's no way that you won't shine. And I think for my mental health anyway, I suffer, suffer when I think of doing something that's just not me. Yeah. When I think of doing something that just doesn't fit what I do, like when the whole giant um, cake pop craze came out and people were asking me <laughs> oh, to yeah. make them left and right, Thinking about making those used to give me anxiety attacks. Like I can't even tell you because it's just not what I do. I don't like it. It falls yeah. apart. It's a mess. So I just never did it. 
And that's so freeing <laughs> to your mind when you can just say, I'm going to do, instead of doing that, I'm going to make a really good cupcake that takes a 10th of the time and effort, yeah. but it's just as delicious. So again, that just goes back to being yourself without apology. And I think there is something to be said for following trends because you, you know what people are into, yeah. but make them your own, yes. make them your own, do it consistently. Don't overthink your, your setup, any of that. We are blessed now with really good iPhones. Start with that. Totally. Just start with that and you'll be fine. Mic drop moment. You guys, this is <laughs> Laura Vitali. Literally, I have so much respect for you, not just as a content creator, but as a human being. You are so kind. And I, I can tell you this just from personal experience, you are exactly what you see on camera. And that's a rare thing. And even though you say that, you know, maybe you weren't as much yourself in the very beginning, there was always a magic about you. And I, I feel like this is what's lent to your success of course hey gotta give kudos to joe vitale the guy behind the camera <laughs> but him and i both know uh, we're blessed to have the women in our lives be the superstar um and is what you know like led us into this whole industry so thank you laura hey you guys we're gonna put the link to laura's uh, cookbook laura in the kitchen and you can get that on Amazon. We'll have that in the show notes. We'll put all the links to uh, what Laura's doing on YouTube, on social media. Um, anything else that you want to promote, Laura? And uh, what's your last thoughts for the audience? Um, I'm not really. I just, <laughs> I'm very, very thankful for this opportunity. I really am. I, I really hate to talk about myself and push myself and promote myself, which I know it sounds really kind of weird and insane. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, I talk to a camera, I talk to a phone, and that's where my brain is, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I just want, you know, I want everyone that's listening or watching that's perhaps contemplating doing something, I just want them to know that they have the ability to do it. And the difference between someone like you, someone like me that's been doing this for so long and that's been successful at it is the fact that we just went ahead and did it. We just went for it. I remember watching Judy in that old bedroom, you know, years ago and being <laughs> oh in, like in awe that she was doing it. And then I was like, wait a minute, I'm doing it too. Like there's no, the only difference is that instead of saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I did it. So, you know, there's a lot of benefits and there's a lot of excitement that comes from, you know, being, a, you know, in this, in a social world, having a presence in the social world, um, and I think ultimately uh, it blesses others to see people like you and me working really hard and achieving something that is so exciting because it gives them it gives them that that um, insurance that if they go for it they could they could do it too. And I think that they can. Yeah. So don't overthink it. And I think um, you know the world could always use another good cook, another good <laughs> yeah, media editor, sure. a beautiful insert, whatever. Yeah, so that that's the motto of this uh, of this interview. Take your I'm gonna and make it I'm doing. And so thank you so that's much, right. Laura, for your time. I want to get you back to the family. Um, like I said, you can find all the links to what Laura's got offered um, in the show notes. And we'll talk to you later. These are the type of interviews you can expect from the Influencer Green Room. So make sure to subscribe to this podcast to get notified of future uploads. Also, share this with anyone who wants to grow an audience and learn the business of being an influencer. Talk to you later. Thank you for hanging out with us. We look forward to sharing even more conversations with you from inside the Influencer Green Room.